Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Welcome to episode 40 of the IT Career Energizer, a weekly podcast where I chat with inspiring IT professionals, consultants and experts from around the world. To find out more about the podcast, visit itcareerenergizer.com. And don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes automatically downloaded to your device. And now let's chat with today's featured guest, Simon Brown. Simon is an independent consultant specialising in software architecture. He is author of the book Software Architecture for Developers and creator of the C4 Software Architecture Model. Simon is also an award-winning speaker, presenting at conferences, meetups and organisations around the world. So Simon, can I ask you to expand on that brief introduction and tell us a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, sure. So uh, I guess the easiest way to explain it is that I'm a, I'm a software developer by trade. So I started out uh, my software development career in 1996 after graduating from university. And I basically worked for consulting companies building software for a number of years, mostly in Java, uh, mostly in London, uh, various different business domains and industries and that sort of thing. And then I moved back to Jersey and the Channel Islands, which is where I'm currently living, uh, about 2008. Uh, still did the consulting thing, switched onto the .NET platform because there's there's not much open source, not much Java here, or there certainly wasn't at the time. And uh, now I get to fly around the world and help teams understand software architecture. That must be an interesting thing to do. It is, yeah. It, it's fascinating to uh, meet with different teams and different organizations in different countries and see what they're doing and see how they are approaching the software development process and their practices and, and all of this stuff. Yeah, it's, it's super fascinating. Do you find there are any um, specific differences between countries, such as cultural differences? There's, Yeah, there, there's definitely some cultural influences. It's not as big as I think I thought it was before I started traveling the world. Uh, so I, I think the, the biggest cultural differences you get is really uh, the team makeup. You know, it's the um, hierarchical approach versus much more flatter self-organizing. That seems to be the biggest cultural differences that I see anyway. So which countries tend to be more hierarchical? Uh, countries like the UK, um, funnily enough. It's, yes, it's, it's, it's kind of the, the Western European countries, uh, the US. And then once you get up into um, Scandinavia, kind of more over into, into some parts of Eastern Europe even, uh, it's much flatter generally. Simon, can you share a unique career tip that the IT career energizer audience needs to know and probably don't? So I think my unique career tip would be don't stand still. And, and what I mean by this is never stop learning. Um, one of the things, so I've, I've been in IT for uh, over 20 years now. Oh, that's scary. So, uh, and, you know, one of the things we should not do is is stop learning because IT is evolving, it's changing, it's fast moving. And one of the things I've learned is that the more you know, the more you realize you don't know. It's the unknown unknowns thing. So, I, yeah, I would definitely, definitely say, you know, never stop learning. So in terms of the way you go about learning... How do you do that? There's there's lots of ways that I do this. I'm I'm quite fortunate because I get to, to attend a, a lot of conferences because I speak at the conferences. I, I get to sit in on the session. So that's a, that's one of the primary ways that I learn stuff. 
but just through things like blogs and new sites like infoq.com, uh, Twitter, social media, that sort of thing. So yeah, just just trying to keep up to date with as much as I possibly can, and 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 also appreciating that you know time's limited, so I can't deep dive into everything I might want to learn about. So really, it's about getting a good overview of what's going on, and maybe deep diving into things you're specifically interested in. Uh, yeah, personally, I find the other way of doing it is to find the uh, format that you find easiest to consume. Yeah, at any one time. So for example, if you're traveling. Um, you may be able to listen um, to a podcast or watch a video or maybe even read. Yeah, um, It's whatever's the most effective for you. So going to a conference is great, um, but of course there are other ways that you can utilize your time to be able to learn. Definitely, definitely. I, I was traveling last week and I uh, picked up on, on a, pub, uh, a couple of podcasts. So that was, that was very, very handy. Can you tell us about your worst IT career moment and what you learned from that experience? So I was I was reading through your uh, your previous interviews and I noticed you interviewed Rob Connery recently and he dropped a production database. I also did that very early, early in my career, um, so that's one of my my worst IT career moments. But I I I think more than that, I've I've joined a couple of software development teams and they've just been completely chaotic in nature and I've kind of had to clean up after them, and and I think those would really be my my worst career moments. One that. Uh, particularly springs to mind was uh, back in the dot-com bubble, I joined uh, one of these kind of e-commerce companies and uh, a team was assembled to build an e-commerce platform for one of the uh, big, very well, uh, well-known well UK companies. And the team was just completely hopeless, absolutely hopeless. And half of them had been flown in from different locations around the world. And I could see this whole project was unraveling so there was there was a, a whole bunch of stuff we had to do there to kind of get the project back on track. Uh, but my manager at the time, who's a, a guy from the US, he he actually said to me that I was one of the most productive people on the team, uh, but he wasn't happy with the number of hours I was putting in, which I thought was quite interesting. And, and basically, I was working nine until six, which is my contracted hours, and I was getting all the work done plus more. And some of the people who had flown over, especially from the US, they were working slightly different hours. They were doing like... Uh, 10 a.m. until about 11 p.m. So, you know, well over 12-hour days. And, and he said, I, I was twice as productive as anybody else on the team, but I was working half the number of hours. So, therefore, he thought I wasn't committed to the project. So I was like, oh, my goodness. And I, 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 that's one of those organizations where you almost need to write it off as a learning experience, and I basically quit a few weeks later. So that was pretty horrible. So moving on from your worst IT career moment, can you tell us about your IT career highlight? I think my IT career highlight is, is is actually what I'm doing at the moment. So, um, you know, during my software development uh, consulting part of my career, I worked on lots of really smart projects with really smart people uh, doing cool stuff, and, and that was thoroughly enjoyable. Uh, but the stuff I'm doing now is is really, really interesting. So it's flying around the world, um, running workshops, running training courses, teaching people about software architecture, uh, distilling software architecture down to its essence to make it accessible to developers, and also the the diagramming stuff I'm doing. So it, it's really nice to see people go on that learning journey with me, where we you know we we start off in a workshop in the morning and everybody's drawing really crazy horrible diagrams, and then we had lots of discussions and and you can gradually see you know light bulb moments happen and and people start drawing much better pictures and, and understand how to present their ideas better, communicate better and that sort of thing. So I, I think that's really my my IT career highlight. And it's it, it's also kind of cool that 
I do get to travel the world and, and meet all these different people. And some of my customers are these huge household global names who who I would have never ever considered to be working for in the past. So, yeah, that's that's definitely the highlight. What excites you about the future of the IT industry and careers in IT? Yeah, this is a this is a tough question. Um, the IT industry is very young, isn't it? It's very immature in in a number of different ways, and it's changing very very quickly. And and kind of that's what's make makes it interesting. It's because it is changing and it is fairly young, and anybody can make an impact. You know, they can you know they can make a difference in the team they're working in, the organization they're working in, or even you know globally um, with regards to the the software development industry, IT industry. So, yeah, it's it's you know the the IT thing, which is it's it's impacting everybody, and it's just changing so rapidly. That's that's what makes it exciting. Are there any areas of IT advancement which particularly interest you? Uh, so, I mean, because of what I do, I, I don't tend to get too uh, drawn into specific things. But uh, some somebody posted a, a tweet recently, which was the cover of a magazine from 10 years ago, and it was some guy holding a Nokia phone. And in those short 10 years, I mean, look what we've got now. It's just, it's just incredible, the pace of change. Yes, I think one of the things about it is just the unpredictability of where the innovations in IT will take us. Right, yeah. We're going to go into the reveal round now. Are you ready for this? Yep. So what first attracted you to a career in IT? I think like a lot of other people, I kind of fell into it, to be honest. Um, as a kid growing up, we did have BBC Bs and Archimedes computers, and I was always found playing on those things and you know writing little programs and often copying out programs and magazines. So I was definitely one of those geeks at school who used to go home and play with computers and video games. Um, but I, I was actually not allowed to do computer science at A level. Uh, it was it was it was kind of frowned upon because they wanted me to do a proper A level, uh, quote unquote. So then when I, I kind of moved to university, I was initially going to do physics and chemistry and civil engineering and all sorts of stuff, and, and ended up falling into a, a an IT. Uh, course somehow so yeah I'm, I'm not really sure how to be honest <laughs> i just kind of fell into it so maybe some sort of unconscious decision was made at some point yeah 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 maybe it's kind of one of the things uh, bubbling away in the back of my head you should go into it what is the best career advice you've ever received um i think it's something l- along the lines of you only get out what you put in um you know there's there's lots of rewards to be had out there whether it's you know increases salary or better roles or better jobs or better places to work, better projects. Um, and if you can put the effort in, you can make those things happen. If you were to begin your IT career again right now, what would you do? I wouldn't drop production databases as a graduate. That's a very, <laughs> very bad idea I, I discovered. I I was actually kind of lucky. So when I graduated in 96, uh, I did the usual thing of going around to universities and um you know, going to the career fairs and things. And all these big consulting companies were trying to wow us in. And I joined a really small consulting company in London, about 30 people. Uh, and I would do the same thing again because the small consulting company was just fantastically enthusiastic, uh, very professional, very well structured. And they really looked after us as graduates. So I, I, w- I would definitely do the same sort of thing, join a small company and, and probably a consulting company to get that vast level of experience quickly. 
Yes, I've heard that from a couple of guests in terms of consultancy companies giving them that range of experience. Yeah. What career objectives are you currently focusing on? So I'm I'm trying to uh, do two things, really, uh, almost at the same time, uh, primarily because they're linked. So the first thing is I'm trying to spread my C4 model uh, to a much wider audience. Uh, and secondly, I also have a startup called Structurizer. And Structurizer is a set of tooling to draw architecture diagrams. That's the thing in a nutshell. So I'm also trying to grow that at the same time. What's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? I would say it's about being able to present ideas and explain things in a way that makes sense to uh, different audiences, different types of people, um, kind of coupled with the ability to step back and see the bigger picture. And that's what software architecture is about, of course. Absolutely. Simon, can you share a parting piece of career advice with the IT Career Energizer audience? Uh, so you've got the the cliched stuff like, you know, find something that you're passionate about and, and never stop learning. Um, I guess one way to figure that out is what would you like to be known for in the future? Uh, and maybe that, you know, asking yourself that question is a good way to figure out what it is you want to do and what interests you. I would also say things like be open and don't get locked into using a single technology or business domain. So again, try to get that broad range of experience as early as possible. Yeah, I think that supports your earlier comment about the need to keep learning. Yeah, yeah, indeed. And finally, what's the best way we can find out more about you and connect with you? So the best way to find me is on the internet, simonbrown.je or, or Twitter, I'm at simonbrown. Simon, thanks so much for joining me on the IT Career Energizer podcast today. It's been great chatting with you. Likewise, thank you very much. Hi, Phil here again. I've got a small favour to ask you before I end this week's show. But first, a quick thank you to Simon Brown for being my guest. As usual, you'll find a show notes page for the episode on the IT Career Energizer website at itcareerenergizer.com slash e40. My guest next week will be David J. Anderson, who is chairman of Lean Kanban Inc., having started his career as a games developer in the early 80s. To get next week's and future episodes automatically downloaded and available immediately to play, simply subscribe to the podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, or whichever streaming service you're listening to. If you listen to the episode Looking Back and Looking Forward on New Year's Day, you'll know that I'm going to be changing the show's release schedule quite soon. So subscribing to the show now will ensure that you don't miss out on any new episodes being released on days other than Monday. I really hope you're enjoying and benefiting from the advice and experiences being shared by my guests, and I very much appreciate it if you'd share the podcast and any social media posts you see about new episodes. As with anything like this, it takes time and effort to put the podcast together, to attract great guests, and to keep the podcast going, so audience growth is essential. So I'm really grateful to everyone who has helped and continues to help me develop the show. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank you for your support for the IT Career Energizer podcast. So until next time, have a great week. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.